Hello patrons, Sam here with an exciting announcement. We are doing a 24-hour Extra Life charity stream on November 6th to November 7th starting at 9pm Central. 24 hours of solid tabletop action, starting with Megan running us through a homebrewed Starfinder game, followed by David with another homebrewed one-shot in Pathfinder 1st Edition, culminating with Garrett running us through the latest Paizo 2nd Edition module, The Slithering. We'll be releasing milestones and donation goals along with other bonus goodies as we get closer to the event. So stay tuned to our social media for more information. Does anyone have a character in their non-Dungeon Dive Bar games that has just like a weird quirk that becomes an in-game meme? Yeah, uh, I have a... Age of Ashes investigator that the art they're not wearing a shirt under a leather coat and now I can't ever can't wear a shirt with them. He's just a in, ripped ripped old man half orc. I love it. In my in the Iron Gods game I'm in with um Daft Rain uh Daft Rain and Caden. Uh, in an early episode we were going through a field or a farm and an old man said, you folks want to help us shuck some corn? <laughs> and I, Sam, um, like shucking corn. I enjoy, I really like corn as a food substance and I enjoy shucking it because it's fond childhood memories. Mm -hmm. So without any prompting, I just screamed in character, I love shucking corn. <laughs> 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 that was almost three years ago. Or no, be over three years ago now, I think. Time is weird. And we still do corn memes. Like, my character has developed the corn chip On out of this. Our um, Discord server for the uh, fans of this podcast, there is the corn on the orb meme that will never die. Mm -hmm. I have saved many, many, many corn-related memes just for uh, for that Iron Gods game. And uh, recently, my friend uh, actually, the artist who drew our icon, Tyler, who we will link in the description when this episode comes out and also plug her on, so on Twitter and stuff. Um, she sent, she's also in the game. She said, hey, what's everyone's character's favorite uh, flower? And I said, I don't think mine really has a flower. He's a guns he's a gun slinger type character. He doesn't really have flowers that he likes. And she went, Alright, what about just the plant? And I looked her dead in the eye and went, and I sent a meme that said, If you ain't talking about corn, I ain't talking to you. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing like that on my end. Yeah, no, it's it's not fun for me at all. It just kills the momentum of a game. I don't want to sit guess... down and if, if I sit down and play a goofy game, it's not gonna be a campaign. It's going to be a one-off, a two-off. It's going to us be having fun and us having the agreement that this is for fun and ultimately meaningless. Because I'm not going to invest time in something that becomes a fucking, like, butt of a joke. I can't stand that. I agree. You can have, like, goofy characters or, like, goofy aspects of a serious character, oh, absolutely. though. absolutely. You can have character traits that make a character likable or endearing. I don't mind that. I mind when your entire character or concept or scene is just, it's a joke. It's like, good, you've wasted everyone's time. Oh, no, I don't mean, like, the whole cons with the character is a troll joking character. No, no, I know. I'm just saying I don't have any moments like that because I don't tend to write characters that have memeable moments because no one I play with, like, 
is as deep into anime as I am, so I just stick with that. I don't think anyone in the world is as deep into anime as you are. Oh, that's not true. I, I am out otaku by actual otakus. Yeah. Not a contest. I'm wow, close, yeah. but I only do it with anime. There are people that obsess over every facet of it. Uh, can I share mine now? Sure. Yeah. So my War for the Crown character is a paladin of Abadar, and uh, she's kind of... On the on the side, uh, she works as not just a defender of the roads, but as a district attorney. And um, I kind of just, at one point, I was drawing character art for her, and I was like, all right, but what about out of armor? And the first thing that came to mind was Edgeworth. So now, uh, out of her armor, she canonically dresses like Edgeworth. With the cravat and everything? Mm-hmm. Nice. It's a very good style. It is. Uh, I, I will say, though, on, on Truth's thing, I did make a character that I told my GM outright that this was a character that was not going to be a main character I play. I just wanted to play a new character for a game for one session because we were doing, like, PFS modules. Yeah. Uh, which I made with express statement that this character's entire concept is meant to be a joke. He is a Weapon Master Scythe Fighter. I think I've told a couple of you guys about this guy already. Um, a Weapon yeah. Master Scythe Fighter from Andoran that is a border captain. And if it were anywhere but Andoran, he would have been an, a, an edgelord. I think I've heard about him. Yep. And his name is, in fact, Edgeworth Slashmaster. Yes, I've heard about him. And I talked to him about oh, him. Yes. Talk, he talks in a very ridiculous... <laughs> Uh, New Yorker accent. Yo, what up? Name's Edgewood Slashmaster. How's it going? Slashmaster. See, that's, yeah. that's one of the things I like about PFS, is it allows you to do those, like, over-the-top, ridiculous character concepts, be they goofy, be they silly, be they just, like, insanity, without any detriment to the gameplay experience as a whole, because... Like you already don't like PFS? No, no, because the <laughs> scenarios are meant to be played by anyone at any time with any group, so it doesn't really impact anything, and it's already a super casual, like style of gaming. And the Pathfinder Society is canonically filled with just the weirdest people on the planet. Oh yeah, no, there's that too. Like the written NPCs are just that kind of nonsense. So. Sees a fucking goblin monk walking down the street and, and goes, oh yeah, that guy's a Pathfinder. Exactly. Most of the time you don't have to guess, they'll tell you. <laughs> hey, How do you know if someone's in the Pathfinder Society? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Usually while robbing your stuff. <laughs> don't worry, I'm a good person. Now give me your money. Don't worry, I'm a good person. Turns around to murder hobos. I still don't know how they justify letting paladins play in PFS. The Decemvirate is so not like paladin values. Nor do they enforce them. Then Semper, it's all sorts of weird. But anyways. But anyways, what's everyone drinking? Because uh, I'm excited because I have hard liquor here. I have a whiskey and ginger ale, which, moment of silence. Oh, so That's the good sound. <laughs> so crisp. I am also excited because uh, Eagle and I have cracked open a beer that we were saving for an occasion that never came. It is a... Uh, Omegang, oh Mother of Dragons, it is one of the Game of Thrones beers, and we had oh. bought it in anticipation of watching the final season of Game of Thrones together, but then we heard it was a shit show and never watched it, so now we're drinking the beer. 
Hopefully <laughs> the drink ends better than the show. Uh, the beer is yeah. excellent. It is very good. Okay. Just That's good. What, what kind of beer is it? Is it like a it's stout? It's a smoked porter mixed with a tart It's a smoked drink. porter with a creek lambic. Yeah. That sounds delicious. It's uh, it's really good. I have a vodka tonic. Classic. The old standby. And uh, David, you got a fresh cocktail, don't you? Um, No, same drugs as before. Just gabapentin. And I haven't taken an oxy today. I had to take one last night slash this morning. I don't remember when I took it because time is an illusion. True. Um, it It's not been good since I got both my injections. I did manage to get the injections Monday. You guys already know this yeah. for the sake of the listeners. I did manage to get my injections Monday. They gave me two. I don't know why. I'm going to find out Monday. Uh, still hurts. Uh, I still have to sit awkwardly and adjust myself. That being said, I just finished off uh, a the zero version of the soda that they used to put hard drugs in in the 1800s. <laughs> that one I figured out. That that one was a little more obvious than normal. I don't. I'm not gonna say brand names because I don't want us to get fucking in trouble. Yeah, that's fair. That's respectable. And uh, Matthew. Matthew's not drinking anything fun because he is having to sit here and pirate Wi-Fi because his wife decided they were going to go camping this weekend that's right you're recording on location i am i'm recording on location uh from the uh from the parking lot of a mormon church not in idaho oh glorious parking aisle c3 it's matthew (laughs) (laughs) the entire mormon tabernacle choir sings a pretty chord in the background uh, I'll put one in. <laughs> I'll put it in on side. I'll do a show tune with the uh, the choir uh, MIDI version. I have. Yes, there we go. This bit consumed the last of my energy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we are uh, still in Ford Inevitable, and we have a few days of uh, downtime stuff to take care of. But we've taken care of the shopping and the retraining, so we're just gonna kind of fast forward through some of the other material other things we're doing mm-hmm. as far as uh plot stuff so on one of the days ray you wanted to go see abernard royce with declan yeah yeah the local town wizard we need to talk with him about this journal of his and also we have parts of this quest to turn in so yeah and we have some questions about a lot of things all right so you go over to his house and knock on the door mm-hmm. and he answers it Oh, hello there, young man. I certainly remember you. Who's this one? And he points at uh, Declan. He's like, wait, no, you're the one I remember. Who are you? And he points at Ray. My name is Raylock. It's a pleasure. I was hoping to speak with you about a few things and touch base with you on what you've sent my compatriot here into the Spire to accomplish. Yes, the no-qual I requested that I lost years ago. Yeah, do you mind if we speak inside? Yes, come on in. Thank you. And uh, he shuts the door and uh, locks it. Excellent. Uh, Ray and Declan, give me a perception check. Oh, sure. I don't know where my dice is. Hold on. Ah, shit. Everything's falling. My life is chaos. You know, for someone who has not been drinking any beer and stuff. There were a lot of can sounds. I understand what you're drinking. Yeah. All pop and hard drugs. On the upside, I found my dad. The hard drugs were not in the pop, however. 
No, no, they're they're in the prescription bottles. All right. Sometimes you just need to take hard drugs to avoid agonizing pain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not very high, unfortunately. That's just a two four. I don't know what the lighting condition in his wizard's tower is, but at minimum, it's 17. well lit. Uh, it's not a tower. It's a it's a house. It's like a two story house. Really badly lit, though. It's it's, it's a lit. discount wizard's tower. It's a fifteen for Declan. It's it's what he was able to. You also got a fifteen. Okay, you don't notice anything out of the ordinary. No, I'm not in particular searching his place either. Yeah. No, I. I you just—it's just an old man locking up his house from uh, potential thieves and whatnot. Oh, for that sure. being said, are there any uh, creatures? Oh wait, no, I don't have honestly some. Never mind. Uh, let me let me describe his uh, his house before we move forward, though. His abode. Uh, his abode. His his workplace and his residential area. Abernard Royce's house is one of the nicer houses within Fort Inevitable. Uh, it is a two-story house. That is decorated in the style of Absalom, the various Absalom uh, architecture, and also Corvosan architecture. Uh, if you look at the walls, you actually do see a certificate of graduation f- or diploma from the Academy in a Corvosa from decades ago. Okay. Uh, Declan, without even and Ray, because of your your research, without even rolling, you know the academy is regarded as one of the greatest wizard schools in all of Avistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has specialized. It is specializes mostly in conjuration, but it teaches every school of wizardry, uh, and those who graduate from it are considered among the most respected and well trained wizards. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, other than that, it looks like just a very nice house. It looks like it's got a lot. It has a lot of things that you know a former adventurer would have: animal parts, make trophies, a lot of books. Just kind of a, it's a wizard's house. Mm-hmm. It's covered in books and alchemical reagents, and whatever else the wizard on the go might need. I'm still not unconvinced that there's not a third floor somewhere, or a fourth, or a fifth. He's a wizard. Yeah, he's a wizard. He is a wizard. Come, let us go to the parlor. I'll 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 have my familiar make us some tea. That would be lovely. Thank you. And he claps his hands and you hear a screeching and a small rock flies through the air into what looks like a kitchen. Okay, I know you meant bird, but I pictured an actual <laughs> fucking flying rock. <laughs> So he then he as the rock flies through, he's like, perhaps I should give it additional assistance. And he casts unseen servant, and the servant starts moving into the kitchen. We assume not that anyone can really see it. Just... You see a door open and close into the kitchen. <laughs> Could be mage hand. No way to know. <laughs> well, no, you can see mage hand. Oh, fair. That's fair. What you can't see is a weird old wizard casting and sending an invisible man into his kitchen. It's, it's this funny. is why proper wizards always have, like, uh, tuxedos just at the ready and wireframes that they cast Unseen mm-hmm. Servant into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they just look like invisible men in tuxedos. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just an animated tuxedo? Yeah, it's the... It's, the it's like animated armor that's classier and less well-protected. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you can attack an unseen servant anyway. Exactly. 
I mean, who would want to? Just ruin the tuxedo. No, but you can cut up the tuxedo. All right. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, we follow the old man into his parlor. And mm-hmm. uh, a few minutes later, uh, there's a floating tea tray and a bird carrying a bowl of sugar. Mm. And it screeches and just flies away. And his neighbors love him. How can I help you folks today? I heard you going back into the spire soon. Uh, Ray yeah. will nod. He's, his posture is once again the flagrant disregard for decency with just foot over his own leg, like leaning back one armed over the chair. Not really paying attention to his tea. Like so. It's a nice uh, Earl Grey tea, by the way, from the smell. The card would approve. I'll take some. The card would only approve if it is hot. Uh, you just see a floating, the tea pet kettle float and just fill your cup. So, how can I help you, my friends? Well, for starters, uh, we found one of the floors in your journal. Yes, I explored several of the floors. You made mention of something that's been bothering me since I stepped foot in the spire. You said that the spire had some sort of inherent reset mechanism, but your description of the floor was... I'm just gonna say different from what we experienced. I'm still not entirely sure someone didn't drug my drink before I walked down there. I don't understand. What do you mean it was different? Different how? You guys don't have any concept for Italian food. Um, a lot of noodles. A lot of sauce instead of blood, but also blood in very one, or in one very specific room for some reason. And the skeletons that were animated seemed to be animated by someone who thought he was a lot more clever than he was, except for the bone priest who was normal for some reason. It was incredibly strange. Yeah. Yeah, when I was down there, it was... Which which floor was this? The second Uh, one. Second one. There were some spiders as well. May I see my journal, please? Well, yeah, I'll hand it to him. Uh, And he takes it through. Yes, uh, a lot of spider webs. Uh, Moon spiders. Yeah, that, that checks out. That's what I. That's what I called them, because uh, of the the, the the giant Wait, did, moon did you, shaped. Did you discover like moon spiders? Yes, I did. Huh. Uh, when I went in there dec- several decades ago, I believe it was forty years now, right around the time Fort Inevitable was founded. Actually, was that before? I forget. Out of character, I forget. Was Fort Inevitable founded as a Hell Knight regime, or did the Hell Knights do the coup after the Fort? Uh, it was after the fort was built. Okay. They were the martial force, and then they took over from the actual government here about 20 years ago. Yeah, okay. Okay. So it would have been founded about 20 years before the Hell Knights took it over. Yeah. Yeah. I was all set to go into the Spire. I actually I was with a uh, several friends, one of whom was actually one of the initial Hell Knights stationed here. Uh, Lady Commander's uh, predecessor, actually. He joined us in the Spire. And uh, we fought 
Uh, we fought some devastating creatures. We fought skeletons, and we did fight a creature called the Bone Priest, much like you did. Did he introduce himself to you as the Bone Priest? Yes. Okay. Uh, he declared that his name was Morloth the Bone Priest, and that he would rend our flesh to serve his undead army. Yeah, that was basically the script he uh, spun us. His name was different, but... Slightly. His name was different. His name was slightly different. Sounds like you've fought almost the exact same ordeals and trials that I faced decades ago. It seems like so far. Yeah, but with the Oops All Noodles skin. Yeah, with with a weird, weird change in theming. Oops All Noodles. The noodles is quite strange, I will admit. I don't know why it existed. Perhaps it never will again. One can only hope. Well, you mentioned that it reset in a way that you could observe. I want you to explain that. Was it in a way that I could observe? Was it just you yes. one day and it was reset the next, or...? Yes. Well, I did multiple explorations into the Spire. Um, the first of which was, of course, the one in my journal there. Uh, I went in many times over the years. Some floors were inaccessible and we simply had to wait for uh, things to be moved out of the way. Some floors were totally inaccessible uh, from debris. And that took a great many years. In fact, it took us two years just to get the ruins into the spire out of the way so we could even enter. Why did it take so long? Is the spire resistant to magical manipulation? The spire and magic are interesting. I suspect that the spire has origins in Aslanti magic. Based on how old it seems to be and how mystically in tune it is. Also, the presence of several Aslanti runes within. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. No, no, I'm talking about physical debris simply because we had to acquire laborers and it's very hard to get a fledgling town to, to dispense extra laborers in order to clear an ancient ruin several miles away. Fair. But we did, and I spent the better part of my time in Fort Inevitable researching, exploring, researching, exploring. It seemed as though creatures were propagating there. That even no matter how much work we did, eventually it would just all fill up again. You said that you fought goblins on the first floor. Yeah, and a bugbear. And a bugbear. When we were there, it was a kobold and a river drake. Was there also a construct? Yes, I believe there was. It was an, uh, I believe I called it the Emerald Automaton. It was about eight feet tall and had a nasty weapon and could discharge electricity with. Yeah, we encountered seems- the broke, or not we, uh, they encountered the broken version of that according to their interviews. Yeah, it might have been version. rebuilt. It was functional, but had one working arm. Yes, a barbarian friend of mine did sever one's arm in a combat. Yeah, it was replaced with a meat arm. Didn't work. 
No, that's terrible. That's horrible. In goblin that's engineering. Part of my language, but that's real fucked up. Really? Goblin engineering. Augmentation's your limit. All right. No, 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 no. no. Do Mutilation of corpses, I find abhorrent. Uh, and you, you, he says that he kind of pulls out a holy symbol of phrasma. I do not care for the desecration of the of the dead. And he tucks it back into his robe. Yes. Well, any other questions I can answer, Mister Locke? Yeah. What's the time frame on this reset? Uh, it has been different each time. I tried to map it out, but it was seemingly random. I do not know what the mechanism behind it is. I simply waited and observed. And every now and then, we'd go back in. At the same time, we'd wait a week, go back in. Floor was empty. Things were fine, we progressed down. We cleared out more creatures, more skeletons, more undead, more whatever was there. Uh, some oozes every now and then. Bandits in the surrounding area looking to make a quick buck. And then we'd wait a week. And then we'd go back, and there was nothing. Wait another week. And suddenly there were skeletons again. So, shortest time frame you've observed is three weeks? Roughly. Alright, well that's And good. it hasn't ever seemed to reset on you while you're inside or while other foreigners are inside. I have no record of a resetting while there is a presence, a exploration within the spire itself. No. No one I have ever spoken to, nothing the Hell Knights have ever recorded, none of that. Good to know. Alright, well, thanks for the info. I think that's, that's all of my questions for the moment, unless you... I've got another. Why are you searching for star metal? I have been ex researching various artifacts in Numeria, and I have noticed a larger-than-average concentration of sky metals within the country. I was merely curious if such, and also the discovery of such metals within the spire itself, I was curious if the two were related. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sort of hold up a finger to uh, Declan and Ray is going to say uh, mainly to see if he can get a reaction from the wizard uh, in Androphen I think there's a reason for that to see if the wizard like reacts to what like that language at all uh, he furrows his brow and looks at you quizzically I'm gonna sense motive Okay, that's motive. Because he might be pretending. Uh, 26 total. Uh, with a 26, you get the impression that he's really just not sure what you said. Okay. I'll, I'll lower my finger and just say, ah, don't worry about it. Thanks for your help. I'll let you know if we find any. Yes, and remember, you cannot trust the Hell Knights. Yeah, that's yeah. blatantly obvious, man. And uh, he does, and uh, as he does, he waves his hand, and your used teacups and saucers and everything are collected on the tray, and you see it just sort of float back into the kitchen. All right, stand up out of the chair. Uh, 
dust my coat off from sitting on a chair that's probably not used very often. No, it was it had a it had a it was like in like a stereotypical old person's couch had that like plastic sheet over it, but it's it's magical nature. It's like a now chemical treatment. So it's very unple- like it squeaks a lot because it's treated, but it's just totally it, unblemished. Kinda, yeah, he's gonna do it anyway for flair. Ah, uh, you're a dramatic fucking jackass. Pretty much, yeah. Turn around as we're walking out, give a two fingered salute behind him to the guy, and head out to rejoin everyone else. All right, so Declan and Spike Spiegel leave. Was he the guy that popularized that? I think he was. I, I think it was Spike Spiegel. I don't remember if it was him or if it was earlier, like Akira era. I think it was Spike Spiegel. I'm not. I'm not doubting I know you. It was... I just say I don't remember. Now, uh, it might have been Lupin the Third, actually. I know he does it, but Lupin the Third, like is Gintama and that it all it apes from popular stuff so that's that that's why I'm not sure yeah. if it is him or not okay so apparently it is one of the um on one of the uh, Spike Spiegel Figma figures with the adjustable parts well, yeah I know he does it salute. I just don't know if he's the one yeah. that originated it uh, well, well we'll look it up when uh, we do our uh, we'll anime sh- we'll podcast. check later <laughs> we'll do the anime later Patreon exclusive uh, Sam and David discussed the two-fingered salute from anime. So much, there's so many little things that we could just spend hours talking about from anime. Great. You and I both, man. <laughs> God. Uh, so we zoom out of Bernard Royce's house. Mm-hmm. And we zoom in on Gareth, who is waiting, who has his uh, ticket. Yes. He has his. He got his paperwork to go... I forgot what it was you wanted to go do. The library. Go look at right. Go look in the library in the Church of Abadar. That's right. He's waited so long for this. <laughs> it, you you got your ticket. You got your uh, forms. It gave you. Uh, you could go for what is it, a week. A week. Yeah, you could go in. You had a week's access, and you had to fill out a renewal form if you wanted to go back in after that week's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I.e., the worst library card ever. Yeah. That's <laughs> <what I'm> <laughs> so. I, uh, well, basically what he wanted to do was research former trips to the Spire, uh, find out who, who and what we might be facing, trying to get a little tactical information before we go in, what, what, uh, might, of something that might be coming at us so that when he does go in the Spire, he can be better prepared spell-wise and otherwise to, to aid the best he can. Okay, so let me go get out the uh, research mechanics for Pathfinder, because I have forgotten how they work. Uh, it's I can do a quick rundown. Uh, if you're library rules here, it yeah, is. like there's there's a quote unquote health value that you have to roll against if you're doing the full library rules. If you're just doing, no, we're going to do an abbreviated version. It's a knowledge check, like with a bonus depending on the life. Yeah. Um, so, if you want to make a knowledge, I guess it would be history then, if you're looking for past explorations into the Spire. Uh, and for being in the library itself, you'll get a plus two bonus to this check. Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have knowledge history, so I guess I can't do that one. Because it's an untrained DC-10. 
Yeah, but you're also in a library, so this really this really is measuring how well you can navigate the library to find those books. Fair enough. Well, then I got an eleven on the on the roll. All right. Uh, with an eleven, you do find in the history section, uh, exploration of the Emerald Spire by Abernard Royce. He was one of So, um. You do actually see something that catches your eye as you open up this book, uh, Gareth. You see, written by Abernard Royce, but underneath that, edited by signifier Orishan Host. Ah. Uh. Man, the Hellnets are going to be so pissed when I just submit interviews that they don't <laughs> modify or look over at all. Everything. So, so, so everything that's in here has already been, uh, purified by the Hell Knights. They've, it's, yes, it's what it's, they want released. It's not necessarily fully accurate information. Yeah, we, we, yes. we have an account, but it's encoded. Yeah, you have, you, reading this over, you realize that this is the same guy your friends have been talking to, and it is very likely that whatever information is in this book has been heavily censored because you don't trust those lawful Hell Knights. Yeah. It's not the oh, law yeah. part of the Hell Knights I don't trust. Everything. Well, yeah, you, but that's the part Gareth yeah. doesn't trust. <laughs> is it the neutral part? It's the Hell part. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to look into there. I, I'm going I'm to scan through the book and look through the area uh, that would deal with where we're heading and see if there's any concept of any sort of thing we might be running into if there's anything that i might prepare best for uh so you're looking through it and it just says floor uh he, what he refers to as floor three um he, he doesn't seem to have a title on it unlike the other like the first one he referred to as the ruins and the second one he referred to as the spiders the spider's den hmm. uh this one he just seems to call um residential interesting and in it, he describes that most of the location, the rooms on this floor, the third floor, are very, looks sort of like it was meant to be an inn of some kind with lots of bedrooms and tables and chairs and a meeting hall. Oh, that's really going to be convenient. I was going to say, Maldrick's going to be super psyched. Um... But as far as what was encountered in here, there's no rec rec there's no record of what creatures were in the, this area. Yeah, I would have to. Other than the mention of an occasional undead. Okay, I'd have to talk to what's his name, the one they just finished talking to, because I don't trust the Hell Knight as far as I can throw him, and with ten strength, that's not far. <laughs> so, I mean, I, uh, well, that's what you get for being charisma dependent. <laughs> You're a pretty space sculpted physique, but that's really just you're a bodybuilder, not a uh, not a. Uh, it's all just all just all. Are helmets spiky enough to count as star knives? That's right. <laughs> no, <laughs> wrong kind of spikes. I have See, Retha's too aerodynamically designed to count as a star. That's knife. that is a fair point. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> you can figure out how to throw a Retha. <laughs> Tiefling tossing a lot easier than star knife tossing. No, no, no. I have an idea for for how to how how to uh, uh, throw Ratha. That uh, that's I, I'm I'm psyched for when it comes out. 
Anyhow. Eat by the horns. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or by the tail, like a fox tail. Set up a slingshot. Telekinetic projectile. I guess I'll take note of the people's names. I'll just and uh, uh, a copy on, a, on some of my parchment, some of the more interesting points that they talked about, and uh, just just be done. There's not a whole lot I can do here. Simple, uh, other than a couple undead, they didn't really talk about what else. They... Uh, how, however, you do notice that he does talk about, uh, you do notice something that Declan is not seen in his version uh, because it's a personal notebook as opposed to a published editorial. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that he refers to his exploration party um, as a group of seven that were called the Foxes. No, okay. Foxes, and that goes along with that whole uh, the seven-tailed fox insignia. Yeah. Seven-tailed fox insignia. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I definitely need to set up time to talk with this gentleman for sure soon. While and while you're attacking the library for massive knowledge, um, there is the sound of metal ringing out, uh, and a tiefling face first on the ground. Yeah. As uh, Retha just spits out some dirt. While this half elf stands over her, it's like, still got some fight in ya? Are you quitting on me? I always have some fight left to me. She just climbs to her feet as little as she wants to. And as, as you're climbing, he kicks you in the shins and just like, knocks you back on the ground. Rude. <laughs> this time I'll try to scoot back a little before getting up. Raise the shield first. Shield up, that's the way. Now brace yourself. This one ain't gonna be pretty. As he charges in with his elven curve plate, and uh, you successfully block it with your shield, as you have the shield brace feet now. I think I'm starting to get the hang of this. Good. Emphasis on the starting, but. We got a few more days, girly. Let's get to work. And uh, you actually have started to pick up an audience of other armagers and trainers who are watching you and this other Hell Knight just get like just watching you fight it's it's an amazing dance of sword and blade and spear and shield as it goes from the bright morning hours waning into the sunset and that's how you spend your next couple days fighting a weird man weird indeed (laughs) i love that description um and pelta you've been kind of having a quiet couple days haven't you yeah probably sticking Pelta is technically employed. Yeah, Pelta's got a job. She does. She's... But unlike Alex, ooh, oh, oh, burn. Jesus. But it's okay. Alex almost has a job. But what Pelta also has now is a scythe. Is a scythe. Really creepy scythe with an eye. Yeah. She's uh. Yes. Probably gonna be shirking her work and going to the woods to try and figure out how exactly to use the scythe well. Also, I, I would like to just say for the record, it's not like a harvesting scythe. This is a properly designed war scythe. Yeah, this uh, is this is meant to kill, not. It's a we- it is a killing weapon. Ergothoa is disappointed. Uh, and actually, Pelta, as you're swinging it. Uh, you squeeze it a little tightly, and you see the part where the blade is holds just slack a little bit because this is actually a trick side. <laughs> oh, 
it's a is it a, a trick scythe or a switch scythe? Right, it's called the switch scythe in Pathfinder. Yeah, yeah, switch scythe. Okay. Oh, I thought you were using my rules, and I was like, oh, cool, I get to do I'm like, something with. Wait a second, if I, I, I thought I was too, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, <laughs> I need to ask. No, no, yeah, no. You, this, this is because of what you and I talked uh-huh, about uh-huh. with uh, with Pelvis thing. Uh, I just always think it's called a trick scythe because I never think of it as like a switchblade scythe. Uh, and you see that it does, in fact, lock into place as um, like a regular farming scythe. And you can also fold it down into a regular like carrying like carrying size. Think of it kind of like Crow's scythe from Ruby, where it has like the different modes. Mm-hmm. Not like Ruby's scythe, because well actually yes, more like Ruby's scythe, because I can go from like regular scythe to war scythe mode, so like that. Yeah. It doesn't change the damage type or anything, it's just aesthetic. And yeah, so you're just sort of swinging this and practicing with it in the out in the woods, harvesting. Wheats, trees, some barley, any kobolds that come too close to town. Yeah, I was about to say the way you said that made made me think like that's Retha or not Retha. That's Pelta's excuse for when she comes back covered in blood. Because <laughs> like I was harvesting wheat <laughs> and maybe some wheat farmers. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and she's got some teeth in her arm that she just sort of rips out. Definitely kobold teeth. Found found toe crusher out there. I mean what? <laughs> wouldn't kill Toe Crusher. Probably working with Toe Crusher, if she's out there. Toe Crusher would probably kill you. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering Toe Crusher can kill, like, what, like, four other people that were applying to join our party? Yeah, on a 4v1. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, so the next couple days, Declan, you also have to get back to work, um, learning how to sew. Yeah, I, I do gonna go between that and trying to decipher more of the personal journal. I guess just continuing to decipher if I figured out the what the cipher is, it's just slowly. Yeah, so give me another linguistic check to see if you can figure out the cipher. Sure. You, you got, like, you know that the, what the key phrase is, it has to do with the, the seven foxes, but, like, you just because you have the key doesn't mean you figured out the proper cipher yet. Oh, I guess taking 10, that's a 19. Uh, taking 10 for a 19, you're starting to get... Don't know why. Uh, you, as you look through it, you, you realize that even the parts you've already read through are encoded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, writing down what the code is and going back through, you actually read the, the like, the first article, and it's like, if you're reading this, I trust you enough to best the Hell Knights and rid this town of their influence. Gulp. I am Abenard Royst, leader of the Seven Foxes. Here is my unabridged recounting of the oppression of Ford Inevitable. Ah, shit. And you actually, as you're reading it, um, you know, it just sort of talks about the council that existed prior and how this town was a fledgling town under the protection of the Hell Knights to protect you from, mm-hmm. you know, the undead of Ustalab and various Kelids in Numeria and the bandits of the River Kingdoms and how they built the, the wall around the town to protect, like, the, as additional protection and how they built the actual, what he referred to as the uh, Citadel, mm. which what the original building was called before the Hell Knights took over and renamed the town Fort Inevitable. Mm-hmm. The town was actually called uh, the Echo of Promise because it was within the Echo Woods. Okay. And, uh, and then the Hell Knights came and stuck an extremely uncreative name on it. Yeah, uh, but what he, what really catches your eye is 
He says that the initial leadership that came to town 40 years ago included signifier Orishan Haas. Huh. Who, and as you read more and more, and he talks about the Hell Knights within, he note, makes a comment that uh, it appears that the signifier has not aged a day since coming to Fort Inevitable. Hmm. It's right in my notebook. Orishan Host. Vampire? I'd guess devil bound, but. I, I don't know if I'm that not there. From aging. And I don't know a whole ton about Hell Knights. I guess he could have made a deal for it. Or, yeah, some kind of fiendish apotheosis. Mm hmm. But as you read through it, he talks about how, in the first floor, similar to the interview, he talks about how they are uh, kobolds that were living in the ruins of the first floor yeah. that were basically a cult worshipping a river drake that got stuck in there. Hmm. Uh, and he and his team executed the go- the kobolds that offered resistance as well as the uh, river drake who tried to eat them. The, the panicking river drake. Yeah. Uh, and that's about all you really managed to decode before uh, the f- couple days are up. Between that and having to... Yeah, it's eight hours of reading, eight hours of sewing. Eight hours of sleeping. Eight hours, and yeah, and then intermixed in there, eight hours of staring at pearls. <laughs> and Ray, you as well, you were uh, doing more interviews. You wanted to go interview the council. Yeah, sir, I totally blank on that. I don't remember if I said I wanted to interview them. I know I wanted to talk with them and figure um, out what the hell happened with the Hell Knights overrunning the place. Hell happened, that's what. Uh, I mean. Yeah, um, you would know that um, it, it just like asking for them because, you know, you have to go schedule an appointment with a, with a, you know, an elected body like that or a governmental body like that. Uh, you'll notice that they actually were all, like, they were all out of town on a business venture trying to expand their city and get more resources to make a bigger and more prosperous trade route. As the leading figures of the mercantile families in the area, it is their responsibility to do so. And that they should be back within the month, all at right. the latest. Yeah, I didn't, it wasn't urgent, so. But you guys have... Finished all of your downtime stuff. Does anyone want to share any fun new things that we really kind of flavored up, but if just want to outright share? Because we never talked really about level th- level up to level three. Not really. Yeah. So if anyone wants to share any of the new fun things they got, uh-huh. besides Retha retraining her entire character chassis. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you retrained you retrained archetype as well? No. Oh, so just no, just just the feet. Um, but the feet that I traded away for it is one that I'll get for free anyways. So good plan. Feats that. Uh, weapon focus. Oh, yeah, level five. You'll pick up weapon focus. Yep. Which is the next time I would get a feat anyways. So. Yeah, everyone who hits BAB plus five gets that. Yep. Yeah, BAB five. Talked about slightly before. Uh, oh yeah, I meant to. I meant to ask you. Um, I, I can ask later. Just, just remind me to ask you about weapon focus for the the legendary vigilante archetype I'm playing. Oh right, because you have. I gotta go look that up again. Yeah, because because uh, I, I can was... I can trade vigilante talents to get like half weapon training the fighter feature. That's right. You, yeah, you you did. I gotta look into that. Have to see how that works with the rules. Yeah. Um, I will get back to you on that. Okay. Uh, just. Nothing for right now until like. Well, I'm not even decision. BAB five, so I'm not worried about. It. Yeah. Uh, that's not gonna come out until like the end of the campaign. 
Yeah. So, uh, but no, um, I have I have a vigilante talent that I'm not gonna really talk about, uh, other than saying it's the most Dante thing that exists in Pathfinder, and I love that Legendary Games created it. Uh, it's probably my favorite ability I've seen in this game. Period. Good. Uh, and I'm really excited. I hope it works, and I'm really excited to show it off because it's just, it's so flavorful and fun, and I adore it. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, other than that, I believe I mentioned I took Rapid Shot, and that's it. Oh, uh, for gear, I uh, did you? I, I know you said you were gonna upgrade, give everyone cloak resistance. Is that true? Because if so, like I'll give you I, gold. I don't know if you I would. I would need more time. Okay. I, the, the five days I filled up with pearls of power and three cloaks of resistance. So okay, I mean, so... if you're willing to take a couple more days, I'm like. Well, we'd only need one more, but yeah, like I'm I'm fine with it. There's no no rush yeah, on my got, end. We've got. I don't have enough money for a cloak of resistance, anyways. So yeah, if you're crafting it, I can give you the five hundred. <laughs> out, out of character, out of yeah, we can give Ritha a day to recover from her training, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll pay you that. Sounds good. Yeah, just five hundred. Yeah. Did I? It's, was I on your uh, list of cloaks of resistance? I can mark that down. Yes. Okay. You, Gareth, me, and Ray have cloaks of resistance. Then, cleric and Magus both have level one pearls of power. Awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, I should also mention that uh, Ray's hard light buckler. He spent some time to upgrade to plus one himself. It's it's full cost. It's just he's doing it in flavor. Mm-hmm. Because cool. it's it's technological, so makes sense. So, as far as uh, level three things for me, uh, I get my charge, so that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, um, Cavaliers. Cavaliers get this thing where they can charge without penalty and add a higher bonus. Yep. Uh, usually it's mount based, but my archetype makes it so that as long as I do it with a pole arm or a spear. I get the bonus, and I don't need to be mounted. Cool. Oh, um, a, a detail that I missed earlier during your recollection of the history of Ford Inevitable. Um, Ray and Declan from reading over and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hell Knight occupation happened when the previous uh, Fort Commander uh, Emos Varden was assassinated. Are you sharing your decryption with the journal with Ray? Um, yes, I, I would share that. Okay, with Ray. yeah, because Ray and honestly help with linguistics a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What was that guy's name again? Varden. Emos, E M O S, Varden, V A R D E N. Ah, Osiriani. Interesting. Uh, Mendevian. What? <laughs> Mendevian. Okay, then his family was Osiriani, because that's 100% an Egyptian name. <laughs> as far yeah. as level three, level three is huge for a cleric. We get. Better channels, we get uh, better. Uh, we get second level spells. That's big. Hell of yeah, course, yeah. your bab stuff and all that. I mean, it's just a great level all around. The feat I took is one that's uh, less lesser utilized, but I thought I've always thought it would be really fun to play. And you'll find out in game. I believe I know what feat Lovely. it is. I feel like I'm going to be either pleasantly surprised or just shamefully frustrated. Probably you and I both. frustrated. Probably the second. <laughs> yeah. Because there are a lot and, of uh, cleric feats that just no one ever picked that are, like, actually clutch. <laughs> yeah. Is this, I, I'm hoping he finally picked up selective channeling. 
What? Gareth, make good tactical decisions. Well, he's not a right, general. Right. He's, he's not a general. That's, that's, uh... He's saving his channels for outside of combat or to harm undead. Like, that's fine. He's not a channel builder. He's saving his channels for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, Declan, you got some. You didn't. Does uh, Arcanist get second le third level fourth, spells at level three? Level. At fourth yeah. level. Oh, third, so you have sorcerer third, third progression. spell progression. Yeah. Okay. So sorcerer I, I, I did pick up Brown for a transmuter, but I can't use any of it. Or any of the stuff I got until I get second level spells. So fourth level would be great. Man, Brown for a transmuter is one of like just the best. It's gonna be very fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm Retha, really looking forward Pelta, to it. And to even Ray to some extent are just gonna benefit so much from it. Well, oh, literally everyone. Maybe. At least <laughs> that's just gonna be nice. And uh last but not least, who's definitely had a dramatic change. Pelta. Pelta, well, of course got our switch side which is uh, very fun. Uh, the Nothing mechanically changes there, just now she has a scythe. Um, <laughs> she also got extreme mood swings as a feat, which increases the benefit of her rage to herself at the very least. Um, that's cool. And I also remembered I had Scald's Vigor, which I should have been using, but that's, uh, oh well. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. I did not know this feat existed. This is... Amazing. Extreme mood swings. Extreme mood swings is yes. Yeah. I I need to put this on my skull now. Yes. Yeah. It increases morale bonuses uh, by one. By one, two if drunk. And yes, two if drunk. For, it, forget furious focus. That's way better. Uh, it is. And yeah, given that this show is called Dungeon Dive Bar, it means yeah. if you're drunk, uh, all you have to do is cast heroism. You lose the penalties for being drunk. You gain a plus two from heroism anyway. And then every other bonus is just cumulative. That's obscene. I love yeah, it. Right. So uh, we just give Pelta some of the Liberator is what I'm hearing. <laughs> the Liberator. Pelta doesn't strike me as the type to become Jack Sparrow, but I'll be interested to see how. Yeah, uh, unlikely to get drunk terribly often, although it might come up uh, for mechanical benefit when needed. You know, maybe Maldrak will be about him. <laughs> Pelta will be like cracks knuckles. Meldrick, give me a shot. <laughs> Pelta will literally go, hold my beer. Right. And Meldrick will be like, can I drink it? <laughs> can I have it? And uh, that's everyone that's currently awake in the party. Yeah. Uh, Meldrick, you guys haven't seen Meldrick for a good long while. You guys, you just saw him hauling a wagon full of barrels. <sighs> and it explodes very well. Heading in the general direction of the spire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, we now go to the spire. As you all have shined up your armor, those of you who care about that. Absolutely. Gotten your weapons and equipment ready, donning your stylish new cloaks. Fastly throw it over my shoulder. Yes. Uh, although it is a cloak of resistance uh, and still takes up the shoulder slot, mm -hmm. we have all agreed yeah. that yeah. it just stays as the inside. scarf. Yeah. It's still the yeah. stylish scarf, yes. It's still the stylish scarf of resistance. It just still functions like a cloak, so it still takes up shoulder slots and everything. Yeah. For those of you concerned that I would violate the rules of that. <laughs> aren't, aren't all magical scarves shoulder slots? No, some are next slot. They are? Oh. I, there, there's one, I think, that's an... I, I know, and I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it's a next slot item. That seems uncomfortable to wear it that tightly. It'd be a neck slot. Yeah. I don't know. Kuthanites are probably into it. Almost certainly. Yeah. When you walk back to the spire. Don't suppose it to reset itself or anything. 
We hopefully we'll have a couple more. Unlikely if Maldrick's been in it this whole time. That's also true. That's, yeah, Maldrick keeps going in and out, prepping his yeah, bar. Maldrick may have uh, secretly uncovered the way to beat the spire, which is just become <laughs> homeless. Or I mean, if we have patrons in there, once we open Squat. the bar, it should stop resetting anyway. Yeah. It's not homeless hopefully. if he's squatting, is it? Wait. Or or we discover for the first time what it's like to be inside while it resets. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. That'll probably drive us out of business, but hey, valid, val- valuable information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as you get there, actually, you'll notice that the first floor has been swept clear of glass. Uh, and it has all that stuff that you, it's still magically dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so someone will need to hold Declan by the hand or I'll have to cast dancing lights or something. I, I can do that. I'll hold dancing lights my way through. Uh, and you get, as you walk through, you do see it's been cleaned up. The tables are now regular tables, not goblin tables. The goblin liquor is still there, but the bottles are definitely empty now. <laughs> uh, they look like someone just drank them all. <laughs> I have no idea who that could have been. Object has been busy. <laughs> definitely not my brother. Oh, it's gotta be horrible liquor. It, it smells like... It smells like rubbing alcohol that went bad somehow. Yeah. And you go back down through uh, the cellars, and you'll notice that the cellars, all the the noodles and things, mm-hmm. have been uh, swept up. Have been uh, cleaned even, away. Even the skull that just leeches marinara sauce out of the wall, uh, its mouth has been closed and it's no longer oozing. Don't suppose he's figured out a way to get the uh, luminescent fungus to grow on the first floor yet. Uh, it does not appear so. Uh, but you do see that there are some... Uh, Lamps, Ooh. like some uh, ever, like some uh, some like lamps up in there. So it's not as dim on the first floor as before, but it's still very, uh, very bad in there. Mm-hmm. And now we enter the third floor, and we'll see you next week. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dungeon Dive Bar. To keep tabs on what we're up to, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at at Bar Dungeon, on Tumblr at tumblr.com slash Dungeon Dive Bar, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dungeon Dive Bar. For behind-the-scenes extras, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Dungeon Dive Bar. Thanks, and see you at the bar.